What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Welcome back to A's for Alcoholic podcast about recovery, about redemption, about two reprobates. About red dead redemption. (laughs) Redemption. Um, I like your Steely Dan t-shirt. And um, yeah, I was thinking I wanted to do either I'm going to write a paper or maybe do a podcast. I guess I'd have to write it all out first. But I've always had this theory about Steely Dan music and the Dark Tower, right? We've talked about this before. Or maybe we have. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned to it. And it just, it comes in that sort of otherworldly vibe that you get from Steely Dan music. You know, backjack, do it again. You know, wheel turning round and round. All that stuff. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is just that's a- only what I can think of that ties into the dark tower though. Right. Or do you think other ones like there, there have been other ones reeling in the years um, has a couple uh-huh. of lines in it. Um, there's the one about knock twice rap with your cane has mm-hmm. something. There's another, I can't remember what that one is. Um, I feel like there's some other ones in there that I could, you could even do that. Is it, is it D- D- Donald Fagan or Walter Becker that does that song? Donald Fagan. What a beautiful world it would be. What a glorious mm -hmm. time to be free, which is about some world's fair or some shit, but I know Mm -hmm. it also has a lot of like futuristic dark tower connotations because I got you listening to podcasts. Yes. And it's just two dudes rehashing the book, which I I like have already read all the Uh books multiple times. So to me, I'm like, I like to hear their perspective, but I'm also like, it's almost like I'm listening to the book over again Mm because it's like the cliff notes of it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's the whole, uh, yes, I like I like that. And I like the idea of him, one guy who hasn't read it and the other mm-hmm. guy's kind of telling him about it or he's kind of reading it as it goes along. But um, it's called The Kingslingers, if anybody's interested. Um, and I know we didn't come here to talk about the Dark Tower, but we could. I mean, talk about getting blacked out in a <laughs> well, Tower Eddie Records. Dean, tower Records. <laughs> um Eddie Dean gets sober in the mid world or in the other world, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he does. He comes mm-hmm. down from fucking heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, King so- is obviously too a famous recovering alcoholic and addict. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say that um, for those of you who have been listening to us for a while, and Jerry and I were just talking about this, um, about we're going to be restructuring this show uh, starting in the summer. And we're probably going to be doing a few less episodes. Yeah. And there's just no way for it to happen any other way with, I mean, Jerry's been, you're, you're building a house from scratch. <laughs> Me personally right? by myself. Yeah. Like, well, no, a pizza. but I mean, I know what you mean though. Yeah. No, we're building a house and my wife is trying to get her real estate off the ground and Mm-hmm. I've been doing on top of building the house. I've been doing commission paintings too. We just talked about it this morning. And I was like, man, I got to really budget my time because I need to find time between prepping and getting this pl- the lot ready to build on mm-hmm. and going out and painting. So like what I'll do on some days is I'll paint for an hour and a half and then just wear my work clothes to paint in and then just mm-hmm. put on my hat and just walk right out to where my dad is with the tractor and just start like from painting so I've had to do that a bunch of times. Yeah. And um, I, I don't, I just don't see any way around it. And, you know, I, I think you're probably listening to this going like, come on, man, I need my weekly dose of that Wagner wit and wisdom. Oh, geez. And, <laughs> but um, it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of effort to kind of come up here and talk about this shit. And it doesn't always feel good. 
and I really want it to, I want it to continue rather than to just stop. Yeah. So, I'd rather just kind of, yeah. Peter it out if we have mm -hmm. to, do you know what I mean? Or like just find a better rhythm. Cause I think when we first started, we had so many subjects to also speak on. And, and now that we've been doing it for a little while, it's like, well, how many letter M's can I do? Do you know what right. I mean? Till it finally just becomes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I can't even think of an M word right now. Malevolence or something. Malevolence, uh, money. I mean, so and, I, and I, which is you know, which like, is not to say, which is not to say there aren't a multitude of subjects around sobriety. I just it needs to feel and those for the listeners too. I want it to be interesting because I know a lot of people listen to this and you probably hear us go, "Oh, we talked about that last week," or "We talked mm -hmm. about that two weeks ago," and I also want it to be interesting for both of us. And I right, feel like right. mm -hmm. we both come on here and go, okay, well, that's kind of just the same thing as this thing and the same thing as this thing and kind of right. rehashing and retreading the same stuff. Um, we will be doing some movie reviews like about um, uh, movies about recovery, sobriety, addiction, stuff like that. I got a great email. Did you get like, yeah, I got the email too. Yeah. yeah. Um, from yeah. a listener, uh, Darren, thank you very much. And he had this whole list of, and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. would be yeah. great. I was like, I yeah, didn't even think about it. We don't even really necessarily, they don't have to be about recovery per se. At least they could be on our perception of how their uh, addiction is portrayed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, um, right. Flight is wild though. I didn't want, you know, Flight with Denzel Washington, the one we, we've been talking about doing. And I guess we could talk about it on the podcast when we, if we ever do it. But mm -hmm. man, I couldn't watch that for a while because I have such a profound fear of flying. And one of the pivotal scenes in the movie is the whole crux of the movie is that he has to land a plane like upside down or something. Mm -hmm. And I, it like fucked me up. Like I couldn't handle it. Like I can watch scary movies all day. I can watch sad things. I can cry like a baby and watch sad things. The only thing I can't really watch is like plane stuff. Plane yeah. stuff and uh, like meet the fuckers, like social faux pas. I hate it. Just that's that, why you hate curb your enthusiasm, right? Curb your enthusiasm just... because he accidentally says the N word. And then the whole episode is about him saying the N word and how uncomfortable everybody is with it. And I just, but yeah. I like Seinfeld though, but Seinfeld kind of, anyhow, that's a whole different thing. But right. no, man, I can't. Well, everybody's like, you, you'd love curb. And I'm like, no, I would. It's everything's uncomfortable. Everybody's like, fuck you, Larry David. And I just can't handle that. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm going to do some more, I'm going to do a lot more um, interviews with people. So I'm going to um, have those. So we'll probably be doing about three episodes. You'll get three episodes a month and possibly a fourth one every other, something like that. It's just, there's just a lot going on. You know, I'm working full time. Jerry's building a house and doing tons of commission paintings. And, you know, we were talking about this too, I think. And so I guess today's letter is T and I thought T would be good for this too shall pass as we talk about things changing. Oh, yeah, we and talked on, about that last week or yeah, transition or something like that. Mm -hmm. This too shall pass. And um, like shit is just going to change. It's always going to change. And when we get yeah. sober, you have a lot more time to yourself. And I think the, like my first inclination was to just hide from everything with all that extra time was just to watch TV and fucking not like interact, not be social. And um, I think now, you know, as, and as you said, learning to budget your time is something you go, oh, fuck, I've never had to do this before. Right. How well, it depends I... on the person, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that when we, when we get clean, when we get sober, when we start to go, oh, I have a lot more time in my day. I don't spend the first three hours of the morning just hungover. <laughs> You're like, because that was that was that was it. Like, it's not too far off that I can't remember waking up earlier than I would want to because my head was splitting because I was dehydrated because I was fucking in hell, and um, and you know, it's. It's just, it's such a relief. And I go, okay, so now I have, I have more time to do things that I want or that I need or, you know, volunteer and service work. And we talked about all that stuff too. Um, but that whatever we're in right now is going to go away. Yeah. You know, that the good and the bad. You take them both. 
there you, there you have, have. <laughs> that motherfucking so, flex of life miss mm-hmm. garrett just straight flexing you know uh you know john no i was talking to megan about this yesterday actually in our we drove around yesterday we had to run some errands and i'm always down for errands because i didn't leave the yeah. house for a year so i'm like i'll sit in the <laughs> fucking car and just leave the radio on i'll listen to my songs you know but uh and I was talking to her and I just went on this rant about how, you know, I'm unhappy. I've been unhappy, but they're doing so well, you know, like this whole thing is working really well for Megan and Olive. They're both mm-hmm. growing here, you know, and everything's kind of happening in a positive because my wife thrives here. And uh, I was like, listen, man, like, I'll be all right. It will pass. It's so funny. I'm like, I just have to. I'm like, because I, I was saying, well, listen, I'm, I'm here like i'm not going anywhere and my mom is like you better not move back to eugene right because they're already ready for me to bounce because i already did that once as drunk and i was like i'm not i have no choice i'm i'm here and my mom's like you do have a choice and i'm like no i don't i have no choice like i'm here i can't go home i can't go back to oregon or home in quotations you know i can't go there now i'm here now i'm home and i have to for me personally i have to make it bigger than choice because when I first got sober, I had no choice. Like I, I, I was powerless, right? If you have a choice, you have power, right? Mm-hmm. There's a choice to stop drinking. There's the one thing you have power over is you stop. And then from there, where do you go? So for me, I've, I have to approach it in the powerless angle of I have no choice. This will pass. Because if I have no choice, then I just have to let it work itself out. And that is that, I mean, isn't that, that's kind of one of the ideals behind that quote that this too shall pass, you know, because it'll work itself out and it'll be done. You know, I mean, you can fight it, but you'll just drown quicker. (laughs) So like the quicksand. (laughs) Well, and I think one thing that you said to me a long time ago and that I have taken to heart in my own life is that the one of the, you said one of the biggest I don't know how you said it. Something like one of the biggest touchstones of your recovery, your sobriety has been acceptance or the best tool or the, and so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because if I feel stuck, resisting it is I'm just going to sink faster. But if I feel stuck or I'm sad and I just accept it and I go, okay, and this just lasts for as long as it lasts. And after this last year, like, what is time anyway, Jerry? Right. What does it even mean? <laughs> but that was something I was like, okay. And then over this last six months, and it was like, I have to radically accept the things that are happening around me. Otherwise, I'm going to be miserable. I have every reason to be fucking sad and miserable. But right. And I then was you on- end up one of those fucking anti-mask rallies because <laughs> you think you can fucking control it and you can't control it, you know? You know what and I mean? You, you know, up, like yes. a lot of those people are mad, not because, and, and not to get political, but a lot of those mm. people aren't pissed off because they're like, government's telling me to wear a mask. They're mad because they're like, I can't fucking work because everyone's getting COVID because mm-hmm. we're not wearing masks. But anyway, that's, but you, you know, know what I'm saying though, when you, yeah. when you feel like, helpless in a negative way yeah i mean that's what it is it comes from a sense of powerlessness it comes Mm -hmm. from a sense of helplessness and and you know not knowing what to do and to i think sometimes with those things and people when you see people who are resisting things like that like you talk about the mask versus anti-mask and the psychology of it is that you have some of these people not all of them and i mean it's 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 complicated, but you have people who have been told all their lives what to do and how to do and how to take, treat their body and what mm. they can and cannot do with their body. And so this feels like finally some sort of autonomy that I have and I'm going to use it. And so it's a projection of all the other restrictions that they have been given in life right? that have been imposed upon them. And so what I see this as is is projection and acting out, right? Um, what is it? What was it? Your what was it? Megan said about the kids at the at the school oppor- oppositional oppositional defiant? defiance disorder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what a lot of people have too. And I think um, it, it's it's funny. I'm gonna kind of slide more into that acceptance thing that I told you because I'm kind of can be a hypocrite. 
I can absolutely because there's a lot of things mm-hmm. I don't accept and they do fuck up my feeling of well-being. Maybe not my recovery necessarily, but I think my feelings of recovery, my feelings of well-being and recovery are kind of hand in hand, right? Sure. And so I can I can talk to you on the phone and be like, yo, I'm the sage. I know I got sober a year before you did, John. It's all about acceptance, dog whatever but then i don't accept fucking anything sometimes like i'm a human so i can't i can put those rules into place for myself on the big overarching thing to like it's almost to help myself in a time of trauma but mm-hmm. then once i'm comfortable and i'm sitting here i'm like i fucking hate it here i hate it and every day i'm like mm, i hate it not accepting it and it's just making it harder for me everybody else is just annoyed shut up go to your room go in the garage and paint like you're annoying You'll figure it out. But the only person I'm fucking over is me at the end of the day mm-hmm. because I'm fucking with my well-being and my mental well-being, which in turn affects my recovery because, you know, I, I, I could start I could eventually start drinking again for the same reasons I started drinking before because I was unhappy and I thought it made me feel happier because there are times in my life where I've been like, yo, man, if I drank, I might fix this. There's still times like not recently, but you know, like when I went through that spate of um, insomnia, like mm-hmm. in 2017, I, I like didn't sleep for like 10 days. It was wild, dude. Like I was sleeping like an hour a night for like 10 days. And there were times where I was sitting there in that room and I, I, we, I don't know if we were podcasting at that point. I think we were. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, not. we were just doing book meetings at that point. Right. But um, there were times where I sat in my room and was just like, I'm going to go get a bottle of whiskey tomorrow because that's the only way I'm going to be able to sleep. Because that's the way I remember sleeping in the past was drinking whiskey. Like I drink NyQuil and it wouldn't work. I wouldn't go to sleep. I would just be awake and feeling like shit on NyQuil. But I didn't yeah. do it because I was just like, no, dude, because you're doing so good. And if you drink, you just won't stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Then you'll be asleep forever, Jerry. Forever. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like you're, you say because... I was I was unhappy and I I thought that it would make me happier like I would drink for the same reasons. There's not really I mean I'm pretty much sure that's the only reason. Like that's it. Like regardless of the specifics is I'm unhappy and I think this will make me happy. Right. I and mean I that's feel definitely like, you think that's the big umbrella reason. I mean though? I'm making that's a very broad generalization. Yeah, I mean there's I mean, addiction complicated valid, business. Yeah. Um let's but, just cast all that shit out though and let's just let's just live under this dome. Right. It's just like, I'm, I'm unhappy. I think this will make me happy. Mm -hmm. And, but we have learned that it doesn't make you happy. Not for long enough. Not for people like us. Yes. Yeah. And that caveat's in there. But if you're listening to this podcast, it's pretty likely you're a person like us. But yeah, (laughs) one way or another, (laughs) you're not like some normal guy who loves Jimmy Buffett. And you're Mm -hmm. like, huh. What are these guys going to talk about Jim Jim and the old fucking slavery island? What are they going to talk about? Because I think Jimmy Buffett has a slavery island. You think he does? Like Epstein, yeah. Yeah. He's got them vibes, dude. <laughs> got them Epstein vibes. Eyes. He's got the Jimmy mm-hmm. eyes, dude. Jimmy legs. Burger in paradise. Got them cheeseburger eyes, dude. <laughs> Watching you from his boat. It's like, I'm oh, gonna, man. I'm going to um, do some gross shit. I, I could go for That's my hot take. You could um, go. I had a cheeseburger the other day. Did you? Was it good? I don't care anymore, man. <laughs> it <laughs> was really care. good. You know, I'm maintaining, dude. I'm at a good, like, I'm at a 158 right now. Okay. 158, 160. Okay. When I moved here, I was at 153, 155. Like, you okay. know how you fluctuate with water mm-hmm. weight and stuff? So yes, I do. I'm maintaining. Yeah, I know you do because then you're like, well, I gained 20 pounds of water weight. And I'm like, no, you gained five pounds of water weight. You gained 50 pounds of pistachio, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Anyhow, I'm not eating as carefully as I was before, but I'm still running and I'm still, mm-hmm. I lifted weights today and I burned more calories running here than I did in Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am going tomorrow to get a, um, I got a birthday gift. This is my birthday was in March, but um, I'm going to get a 90 minute like deep tissue massage. Cause I got nice. this like fucking spot in my back. Where my I haven't been is. able to lift anything. Uh huh. And you know, it's huh. just, yeah, it's it's been it's been tough and I have to so I go to work and I'm lifting all this stuff and heavy things and I'm like fuck and then I come home and I'm like it's everything is sore right there. So she's going to get in there and I got this list from her. So she's super covid sensitive. There's a little outdoor solarium business. So you go get outside massage too. Basically, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. 
yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be something else. Um, but the, there's this whole list of things like you need to make sure that if, if I touch a sensitive spot that you breathe into that spot. And like, there's this whole thing about it may be an emotional experience and you know, this, that, and the other. Yeah. So I'm hoping that tomorrow I can release some things and feel better it's about gonna fart. it. Just fart the probably, whole time. That'd be your emotions. Care. I've, I've been to this woman once before, but I was also like, uh, 60 pounds heavier yeah my back was ruined but what part of your back hurts it's just the lower right but it's like near the spine so i it's, know you're talking about it's when i twist like this or when i mm. bend over so it's just like this little thing right here mm. and so i'm just like fucking it it sucks because i want to go and do things and i was like grabbing the kettleball that was moving it this this morning just to make room for my coffee outside. And I was like, you were like, this is heavy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this didn't Gah. used to be heavy last, you know, month or whatever, last couple of weeks. And I just haven't lifted it because it hurts. And I can't, I can't re-injure this shit. You know, I had, um, Megan's best friend, her husband, uh, is an athlete and he did uh athletic, like he was an athletic trainer for years, mm-hmm. not an athletic, tra- he, like, not a jock strap, but like, uh, you know, was a trainer for years and stuff. And he's really into weightlifting. He boxed for years. And we had this long conversation about lifting weights. And he was telling me that um, some of the best stuff in the world to do is back exercises. Hmm. When you're doing that stuff, he says, everybody focuses on core and chest and they never focus on their legs and their back. And he's like, if you're unbalanced and you do more chest stuff than back stuff, you don't have those muscles in your back to pull all that weight back so he recommended two separate back exercises which are those back rows you know you do those uh like a standing back row and a bench back row and then this one he called the superman so i've been doing them soups 10 soups per set where you lay down flat on your stomach and then you stick your arms and legs out and you pull everything back and arch your back like you're skydiving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hold it for two seconds or three seconds and then let and then let go and then do you that on your stomach you're laying on your stomach yeah and you repeat that kind of hold how many sets i do three sets of 10 okay but they're all interspersed with other exercises that being said i have found not that i'm telling you to do you should do these specifically but back exercises have been for the even when i stretch to run i don't know if you stretch before you run but i stretch before i run just because i don't want to hurt myself i always do back like yoga like cat um cat uh, cat cows dude I love them. They look silly as hell, though. I get embarrassed. Like, I don't want anybody to see me doing cat cows. My mom walked in on me doing cat cows, and I'm like, yo, I'm not a sex weirdo. I'm just, my back is all fucked up, dude. Isn't that funny that we have this, like, weird aversion toward these things? You're I like, can't oh. stretch in the same room. My brother-in-law is working out in there because he works out every morning from, like, 6 to, like, 8. Damn. Like, he goes, he does cardio for, like, hour and a half, two hours, you know? And he does it with kettlebells and a 40-pound backpack on. And so, uh, I don't know, man. Like, if I have to run, I'll go stretch in the backyard because I get embarrassed to do my stretches in front of him because I'm like, I do some pretty weird shit. But then again, he's running on a treadmill, a 40-pound fucking pound pack on his back. So, yeah. But yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, I, I didn't know you were felt the same way. Like, I get embarrassed. But then you do push-ups in public in front of a donut shop. So. Well, I was going to say, that's how you get over it. You just got to get out there and start fucking, just start doing push-ups no in fucking, front of the donut shop. No one gives a shit. That's the no, thing. They it's don't. Like, that's no, that's the thing. Mm-mm. You're the only one. Your yeah. mom doesn't care. Your brother-in-law doesn't care. She's like, yeah, like, he's oh. doing cat camels. You're good for his back. And I'm over here like, mm-hmm. I'm not heat. <laughs> and I think, you know, we've, we've carried that level of deep insecurity for a long, long time. And so it's just. You think that's fat guy stuff or alcoholism or both mixed together? I think it's both. I think it's definitely, I'm so used to being big. And so when people see me, and even though I've gained some of the weight back over the year, over this last year, yeah, um, uh, what I see and what other people see are vastly different. And I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to see what other people see because they'll be like, "Wow, you look great," and I'm like, "I look like a fat piece of shit." And I try not you to listen that, to that. You got that dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think so it's a I. lot of fat guy shit because you know being super insecure about doing anything with your body. You know, there's one theory that, you know, carrying all the fat is kind of to hide yourself because you don't want the world that to is, see you. You don't want the world to see you, dude. You just want them to know <laughs> who you are. You are? Yeah. Fuck that's out of here. It's, it's a good I just do song. this. I know I did it last week. I was, uh-huh. I was quoting it last. Um, but yeah. 
but I think that I think that's very true. I think that in a lot of ways, but I also think the alcoholism, which was there was a part of me that loved to indulge and to go into excess. And I thought that somehow yeah. that was like that was the height of existence was to be excessive in the food that I ate in drinking, even in, in some ways in sex when that came about. But like mm -hmm. that was very rarely my motivation going out um to bars and stuff but yeah it was definitely well, like you were always some... really extravagant in your drinking i remember in the sense that you're like let's go to le pete le grand Franc and have fucking duck livers mm -hmm. i'll pay i'll pay for duck yeah, livers I you would. know and then i'd just be in there being like yo can i just get a fucking beam of coke you know like mm -hmm. yeah 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 well, you were I... like that a lot and then it was just because I had cash in my pocket all right. the time. And then and, I would be fucking broke for like two days. expression of extravagance was like, I, I, I deserve this. I earn this. Yeah. I'm, you know, like I'm not rich, but like I can be rich for this moment. I can be like, I can feel like just, yeah, indulgent and excessive. And it was, it felt powerful, I guess. In and a you way. place, I would, I, I'm going to assume that you place a higher value on experiences now. Oh yeah. Then things that, you know, then physical sensations. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I feel the same way. I've, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I guess because also it's like, I don't have a lot of money. Um, right. but that's also part of it <laughs> that too, helps, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, it's definitely, I go, okay, well I'm 44. And so what, how much can I experience? How much can I experience this spring and summer? Yeah. Um, how much can I get out there? We, I was on a hike yesterday and this woman came by us and she had no fucking arms, Jerry. And I was like, she was out there on Damn. the hike. She was doing her thing. Like she had, she had a couple friends with her, but she like, had prosthetic arms or just no, no arms? they were just, there was just no arms. And so everybody's I was like, just kind of hanging around, making sure she didn't fall down or anything. I or? guess. And this is not trying not to be a dick. Like, no, that's you fucked up. I'm not trying to laugh about it. I just, that's seriously. Yeah. I mean, I assume people so. on either side of her to be like, maybe she was <laughs> newly. No, she was leading the fucking, the, the oh, line. word. Yes. This is what I'm saying. So yeah. it was just like, Oh, wow. And so this was not like a wide path. This was, there was a, one of the, the trails was called the steep ravine and it was definitely mm -hmm. a steep ravine. So yeah. I was just, that was something where I'm like, man, if ever there was a moment, a reminder of like, to be grateful for right. what you have. And I know we say it and we roll our eyes at it, but like, it's so fucking true. I was like, oh man, like, this is it. She's out here doing this. And she was probably in her sixties. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it is so hard though, to check yourself in your own entitlement when you're in the mm -hmm. process of feeling sorry for yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. such a good feeling. <laughs> it's such a great feeling to massage that indulgent feeling of like, Oh, poor me. It's so hard. I have to sleep in a cot in a 10 by 10 room. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. fucking alcoholic. I can't go to any of the bars and drink your hard cider. Oh, you know, Speaking and not realizing like things are going great. Like honestly, are really going great. They're, they're really going, going great. Better than they have been in years. So yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Speaking of what, are you going to tell about the new, new jam that truly has or something? No. Did you go, did you go to a meeting this last week or no? No, I haven't are been they... since that one time I went. Okay. They're also fucking early dude. And yeah. they're still not really doing in-person meetings a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and so the ones that are in person are like 6 45 AM and, I still I get up every day around between six and six thirty, mm -hmm. but I also have a lot of anxiety driving the car here because I don't have a license and I don't want to get I don't want to get pulled over here. In Eugene, there are no cops. There's like two cops. I drive around and listen, listener, don't be driving a car around with no license. That's like not a good idea. Yeah, don't be doing that. I mean, do what you got to do, but mm -hmm. just it's not a good idea. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna I gotta look into that because I I I think there might be doing in person ones and now that. I'm all vaxxed up. I, I'll feel a little more comfortable about walking into the community center or the church or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm all vaxxed and stacked. Mm -mm. And vaxxed ready and stacked. For the, the saxophone. Mm -hmm. I'm all vaxophoned. <laughs> vaxophone. No, did you? So you haven't been to an in person meeting yet either? No, I'm like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to look into it this week. I had somebody else reach out to me who, 
I went and spoke at one of their meetings last spring and they mm. were, they're out in Stockton and they were, they were like, Hey, what's up. And, and he's hit me up before about it. Cause I think he wants to come out and come to a meeting here, you know, and just kind of check something different out. And uh, one of the, he, he was, he was expressing to me <clears throat> some of the, the boredom and the ennui that we can get when we go to like the same meetings over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. You see the same people over and yeah, over and like over. You hear the same stories. Group. Right. And yeah. that's, which again, it was also expressing to me the gratitude of the home group and like having those people and having the support and having the security of that. But as, as, as I think at a certain point, you like want to try different things. You want oh, yeah, to branch out. Um, you want to, you want to experience recovery in a different way that you haven't yet. You're like, Oh, mm -hmm. isn't there more to this? They're so, all kind of the same though, but different, right? Mm -hmm. It's a trip. Cause you go to a lot of different ones and I have only been to a lot of different ones in Eugene, but you have, you're able to go to like the Bay area and up and right. down, you know, <clears throat> there's a lot more going I'm on. I'm very here. curious about Tucson one. So, and I'm looking forward to it. I mm -hmm. really am looking forward to finding the right ones that, you know, once everything kind of chills out, hopefully if, uh, yeah, if it doesn't get worse again. If uh, Governor Coldstone can, yeah, I was about to talk some shit about Ducey and be like, "Yo, if Ducey decided to fucking kill us all, all these oh, fucking man, yeah, damn baby boomers up here being like, burr, 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 no one tells me what to do. I did acid at fucking Altamont." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe sent me a few pictures of some fucking Arizona shit, and it's just like wild. Um, yeah, but Joe's always looking for the worst in everything, though. <laughs> Yes, I love yes. Joe, but he is always looking for the hard part. And I don't even <laughs> like it here. And I'm being like, yo, Joe, you really don't like it here. Like, uh -huh. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so so the idea we, let's let's trace back the conversation to indulgence and excess and right. fat guy stuff and alcoholism and all of that stuff compounded on itself. I mean, alcoholism, I think for me let went went hand in hand and, and it exacerbated my indulgence and my my obesity and um but i think that the majority of the insecurity over doing cat cows or push-ups because i still get it i just once i'm out there and i'm fucking sweaty and exhausted and i'm like i don't give a shit these cars are going by at 40 miles an hour i'm gonna stop and do some push-ups give yeah. them a little show um and that's come that i've become a lot less insecure because of that. I'm not yeah. saying that you have to do that as part of, it's not like face your fear, but it's been helpful when you're out there and I'm just like, oh, I started getting comfortable running without a shirt on. So that's my step one. I don't know if I'll ever do pushups in a run though. That's just not my jam. <laughs> well, it's a good break. It's what I, I do anyhow. here in my garage. Mm -hmm. But well, no, taking my shirt off. You got great. your like fingerless leather fucking pervert gloves. Mm-hmm. I don't wear them for the full run because it's studs. too hot and sweaty. So but, you'll, uh, you'll like, you'll like cool down, check your pulse. Cause you don't have a Fitbit. So you're doing the old school problem. Mm -hmm. You're like breathing it out and then just silently put on the fingerless gloves and just jam out 20 pushups real quick. Yeah. Something like that. And get a Fitbit. Damn it. I'm telling okay. you, it'll change. Some, you're like, okay, Jerry, get off my ass about it. Well, I'm telling you the fitness trackers are so fucking interesting to see your, your, what you've accomplished. Okay. And you'll look at it and be like, holy shit, I've taken 25,000 steps today. Like, that's crazy, though. That's like, like my, I think my longest day is like 22,000 steps, which is almost 10 miles, like walked in a day. I know you probably do more than that because I look at your phone, I look at you on something. It was my fitness pal, but I quit my fitness pal. The, uh, the, the run, or are you still counting calories every single day? I'm still counting calories every day, but I do it on the Fitbit app. But uh, yeah, Got I'll it. see it on the run on the MyFitnessPal. It'll be like, congratulate John for burning 3,000 calories for running for 10 minutes. And I'm like, that's inaccurate. <laughs> There's been a couple times where I'm like, like yeah, that's absolutely inaccurate. I, don't I think... just ran six miles and only burnt like 700 calories. Like, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's that's accurate at all. I think that that that's because the iPhone in your pocket's like counting quadruple steps and shit because it's just tic tacking around in there mm -hmm. yeah i just just turned around. it into a fucking nutrition workout this would be one of those ones episodes where the one alcoholic that listens to us that doesn't work out is like yeah skip that one delete delete fast forward, fast john forward. his fingerless gloves and jerry and his fucking charged 
two Fitbitty bot like four years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, they, yeah. there's a, the one that I keep getting advertised for is Whoop now. And I don't, I don't know, know what it's that like, is. It's my like they'll they check your sleep. They check your recovery time. They tell you when to this work out. This one checks like, my sleep too. Does it? All right. Yeah, but that one might be a little more complex. Enros has another one too called a, I don't, it's some type Garmin? of ring. I want to say it's a Nuvo oh. ring, but I think that's like a, I think that's a sex thing. That's it. Well, it's not. It's a. It's 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 a ring she wears on her finger, and it always keeps track of her steps and her pulse. Like it's a fitness tracker, but it's huh. like a little metal ring. No, my brother-in-law has like a really nice Garmin. I'd like to get one of those because the GPS is really accurate. Yeah, and their resources for running are pretty awesome. But we'll talk about this later. So, so we get better as we work on ourselves. The insecurities do fade in some ways, but in others they're still there. And so we deal with them. And sometimes some days are different oh, than others. My, like, sorry, my sister overheard me and she wrote, it's an aura ring. <laughs> she just texted me <laughs> from the other room. Uh, she heard me from the other room. O-U-R-A. The Nuva ring is for birth control, right? Nuva ring is for birth control. So it's okay. O-U-R-A. Yeah, they can hear. There's a hole in the door. You can hear everything. You can just right hear them all. Wah, wah, booze. I'm sad. Wah, wah, she wah, just booze. sits over there and types on her thing. And it's like, fucking Jerry. But, um. But in going back to our main topic at the top of the hour of, of this too shall pass of the transitions yes. and stuff like that, like mm -hmm. all of this is in process and finding our rhythms and finding our ways. And, you know, we go back and forth with this and we try to figure this out. And I, I would be surprised to go and listen to a podcast from two years ago and, you know, where we were at and what we were doing. But so, and it's different for everyone. And I can't stress this enough. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, talk to other people about fitness and about diet and people who are like, I'm on the carnivore diet and it's working great for me. And yeah. I do this and this works great for me. And I'm over here and I'm doing this. And you, you can find an example of every, you know, ultra athlete doing a very different thing, right? Plant-based only, diet, uh, carnivore only. Um, you got to lift weights. Well, you got to do more cardio. You got to do this. And so um, I think the same is, is true of recovery we have some basic tenets like we have to put the work in and we have to mind ourselves and we have to not drink for one and then we can we can begin the process of whatever the steps are for you whatever the steps you need and um but it's different and we look at it different and we come about it different and it's right we're going to find eventually right you are in a very fucking transitional period right now you are in yeah. a very long liminal space that's going to take a while and in a year it's going to be different man like in a so. year well yeah, we'll see it will be whether I mean, or not in a positive way not no yes. like yeah better i mean i hope it is i would yeah. like for it to be yeah absolutely i hope so too man yeah. i hope so too i mean and then we'll be back and, with our new format where we just talk about star wars and fucking running I would say this. I was. I don't think I'm ever gonna watch another Star Wars movie, Jerry. I'll watch them, but I don't care about them. I mean, maybe if they do an R-rated one, that could be cool. But I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> He's just like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. I'm a that's, fucking Jedi. That's what I want to see. Uh, that's what I want to hear. Dick and your tits off, <laughs> son of a bitch. What was I gonna um, say? Oh, you had mentioned the term in rhythm, and I really like that a lot. You know, this too shall pass in the idea of everything being temporary and the idea of finding your own rhythm, because one of the things I really like about the idea of being in rhythm is you don't, it's not a permanent thing. Like to be in rhythm, you have to not be in rhythm sometimes to recognize when you're in the rhythm. It's like with mm -hmm. music, right? Like you, you fucking love this song. You love, if you want me to stay by Sly and the Family Stone, it's great because it's three minutes long. It's not great because it's fucking two hours long. You know right, what I mean? Exactly. Like that rhythm becomes repetitive. So the rhythm always has to change or you have to drop out of the rhythm entirely and miss being back in the rhythm. Do you know what I mean? To get back there again. So with my life, when I do hit these, these bald spots and these low spots in the road where I I'm feeling really hopeless, I have to, I, that's part of the acceptance is I have to tell myself, this is how I'm feeling now. Yeah, I, I, there are some subtle things I can do to correct it but I can't change it entirely. I just have to write it out till it's done. And hopefully I'll get back in to rhythm again, get back to where mm -hmm. I can find my routine and get back to where I can find those things that bring me contentment and make things seem less painful, you know, mm -hmm. like, so, so I liked when you use that term a lot. Yeah. 
It's true. If all you we fall in and out of it, and maybe fall is a wrong word, but it's like the song ends and then another song begins. I think fall is a good word for fall. it though, because you do fall in and out of it. Like you've, and sometimes you gradually like turn it up. Like you know what I mean. Like sometimes you gradually start following the rhythm and boom, hit it, and then fall out of it again. And sometimes you. Mm-hmm it just immediately starts and you're like, Oh, this is life. This is how I live my life. This is exactly the pocket I want to be in, but you can't be in that pocket forever. It just doesn't work out that way. Like even in complete, I've done the 12 steps 14 times in a row. And every sponsor he calls me like grandfather or grandpappy fucking corn cob or whatever the fucking was it plug and jug. They call me grandpappy plug and jug, you know, like mm-hmm. you still got to follow that rhythm. It's just those people fall out of the rhythm all the time. That's why, like, last week when we were talking, I was like, AA's full of fucking crazy people. And we were, like, laughing about that shit. I didn't mean that in an offensive way. Like, it literally is full of crazy fucking That's why we're all in this room. Or that's mm-hmm. why we're all in recovery. We're not doing it because we're... Do you know what I mean? Like, I always... This is going to sound really judgmental, but I always question the motives of people who come into the rooms who are like, I'm doing this for my health. Or I'm doing this for my fitness and that alone. You know, because I've heard people come into rooms and be like, yeah, I'm getting sober because I think it'll help me lose some weight. Like, I've heard that shit in the rooms and everybody's like, all right, cool. And I'm like over here in the corner, like. It's the wrong reason. Do you ever suck dick for marijuana? Yeah, I I mean. You know what I mean, though? That's so fucked up of me because I should just be like anything you need to tell me that'll get you into that pocket. Because maybe maybe that's what you're telling the room because you're embarrassed. I don't know. Right. And that's, yeah. that's a good, so that's a good point that you see that, that, you know, even though that I you see, see that you, doing it and I'm like, Jerry, dude, that your judgmental thoughts are flawed. Absolutely. You Absolutely. know, we're all hypocrites. Yeah. Nobody is pure. No. And so no. once we accept that it's a lot in ourselves, I think like once I accept that I'm going to be a fucking hypocrite and I'm not going to be perfect and I'm not like some shining beacon of hope. Yeah. Um, all the time. Your story's tougher than anybody else's story or the sooner you know. than I can, then I stop judging other people. Cause it's like, I don't need to be, I don't need to be pure. I don't need to have everything figured out because right. to, to help somebody else. Right. I don't have to, if somebody says, Hey, how did you do this? And I'm like, well, I'm still kind of working on that, but I can right. tell you where I'm at and how I got where there now. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's something somebody mentioned. I got a comment from somebody about like, oh, you'd be a really good therapist or coach or something like that. And I said, I just said, thank you. And I didn't feel terribly good about it because I was like, I mean, because immediately when somebody pays me a compliment, I begin to think about all of the flaws that I have. Yeah, I get super all embarrassed. The ways like, don't that compliment I'm critical. me. Yeah, I've agreed. I've absolutely like that, too. Don't All don't even compliment ways. me. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I, I I think that that's yet again something else that will need to be worked on. I don't need to. I don't you know. And I don't think that it needs to be a. I don't need to just be lavished in praise. Nor do I need to be like, well, you know what? You're right. That's exactly what I am. That's who I am. You know, I don't let it go to my I'm head. I'm a drug counselor now. I'm a, yeah, you know. Like, I mean, you could be, though. <laughs> I know lots of people in recovery who have gone into that mm-hmm. line of work, and it's been pretty but, fulfilling for a few of them, but you know. Yeah, I don't know that I'm there, and I don't know that I want to be there. Yeah, you don't have to do um, anything you don't want to do. You can fucking just do, do whatever. This. But yeah. I, so, so I think that accepting the accepting the flawed the flaws in my own judgmental thinking helps me to be less judgmental ultimately huh i'm gonna try that i mean just like what you said you're like oh whatever that gets that person in the room yeah well yeah whatever gets your room to get you into the pocket you Mm -hmm. know like that good the pocket we try to find with booze right because weren't we just drinking to find the rhythm yes to find that like to find that normalcy in that because i always because whenever i say i'm in the pocket i remember when i was drinking i'd say that shit all the time i mm-hmm. had that perfect buzz i was like six fucking whiskeys in and i was like i'm in the pocket right now and i feel really good and it was so short-lived it was like half an hour in the pocket you know mm-hmm. what i mean because then it starts to you go and pee it out and it starts to kind of climb down a little bit and you're like oh it's climbing down i better fucking get another drink you get another mm-hmm. drink and all of a sudden you're like out of pocket yep <laughs> Yep, you're wilding out 
because you're trying to stay back in that pocket, but you have gotten out. You're in the room. You're all over the place. Fight with your friends, fight with your girl, fight with fucking mm-hmm. inanimate objects, fight with mm-hmm. yourself. Like it just, it flips on itself immediately, you know? Yeah, and didn't I, we watch Coda wrestle a sawhorse in front of the smoke <laughs> shop in Seattle one night for like 10 minutes? If not that, some other uh, incarnation of that for sure. And I I'm mean, not putting the figure on Coda, just say you said a natted object, and I mm-hmm. immediately pictured Coda rolling around on the ground at like midnight mm-hmm. up Ballard or, Avenue. Or somebody fucking wrestling with a rolling down the street in an office chair in an alley uh, uh, that sounds vaguely familiar to we me we did that with will behind the crescent <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. um but yeah i i'm i would only i think the the big takeaway from this and you know going in going into the next season the next year the next you know we've kind of started this thing in july because it's when our birthdays you know our sobriety birthdays are um that it's you know shit is just going to change and things are not going to stay the same and that's fine and it doesn't need to be fine you know it's important for me to have things that are um that that give me security but i can't i can't expect you to be the one to come here every week when you've got other shit going on. Right. And then they're like, well, if Jerry doesn't come here, I'm going to fucking drink. And it's like, that's, that's, that's really not good. Don't put that on me. <laughs> don't put, well, don't yeah. You if put one, that don't, voodoo on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> don't put it on you, but also that is nowhere for me to live. That is nowhere for me to live. Thinking. Oh, that's, that's to- so 10. That's so 10. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that sort of Damocles shit. Like it's mm-hmm. so tenuous. Like, yeah. So there's, and I, I, I heard this, described once in a in a meeting or like recovery is like a stool right mm-hmm. and so you have i think they were saying so like a stool has four legs yeah and you can pull one of the legs off and the stool will still stand up so it's important to have multiple legs so that if one of them becomes weakened or one of them is ripped out from you entirely you can still stand and your recovery will still keep you stable somewhat until you can repair that leg and so I think as we move on in the next couple of months and we do other stuff and things change, like I have to make sure that I have my other legs in place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We both do, you know? Yes, we both do. Yeah. And I mean, I think that I'm, which is why we work, work our own versions of our program. Mm -hmm. This is why we work our program is to make sure that we have, those stool legs or make sure our stool is all nice and packed nice and packed yeah make sure our stool is all nice and sturdy (laughs) our sturdy stool sturdy stool of recovery um but yeah i just and also that these these beautiful moments the good moments they're gonna they're gonna go go away quickly too they're gonna pass too it's all transitory dude that's why i love this this too shall pass because everything is transitory if we don't Right. If we don't take the time, you know, the whole, you know, smell the roses, like it's, it's for real because the rose is going to be on your grave, son. Yes. You know what I mean? They're going to, they're going to morph like Michael Jackson's black or white video. They're going to morph from roses. You smell into roses on your grave. What's that called? When you did, it was morph. Morph. Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Mighty Morphin. Morph. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it is all transitory though. And that's kind of the good part of it too, is the impermanence of it, even of recovery in its own ways. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It all waxes and wanes. I'm not saying talking about relapse. I just mean the tools you use, you'll discard mm-hmm. and pick up new, like, you know, emotional tools to use later. Hopefully. Yeah. You pick up discard, you add more, you, you refine the ones you have and you go, oh, okay, I do that. I do that. That's good. That's good. That's good. And so, um, yeah, so this too shall pass, just like you have listened to us ramble on for the last hour. Um, it's We're going to do this again and again and again and again in one way or another, but, you know, life has to move in different directions. It has to. It doesn't, it, there's no other way for it to happen. It doesn't, right. is, it's not fucking linear. None of it is. Nope. <laughs> just wake death. up, experience it, and go to sleep, you know? Mm-hmm um what do you got going on after this are you going back out to work on the house more no house isn't today today is uh commission paintings okay this is all all purpose overalls because they go over all this shit (laughs) i'm wearing you know yeah 
Okay. These are actually hard to work on the lot in because I have to do a lot of shoveling and pitchforking because we're mm -hmm. picking up dead cactus, throwing it into a bucket, a giant mm -hmm. dumpster. So, but when you bend over it, like, I don't know who thought overalls were conducive for shoveling and stuff. They always show they're pain in the ass. They always slip over once. So I paint just, these a lot, but then yeah. when you paint these, you got to like kind of really loosen them because they get a little tight in the crotch and they smash your nuts. Cause you see many adjustments. Yeah, that's Just why I was adjusting them earlier when we were talking because I was like, oh, these are uptight for when I paint, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, tomorrow I'll work on the lot. Tomorrow I got to clear out. We've been taking, we've been transplanting barrel cactus, which is the craziest thing in the world because you have to take the tractor and take the backhoe or take the blade of the tractor and cut a furrow in the ground. Mm -hmm. Then you drive the tractor over to the barrel cactus and my dad will like kind of get under the root of the barrel cactus and I have to take a shovel and like push it into the bucket of the of the tractor and this thing weighs like 300 pounds but have I mean, you seen a barrel cactus right but we don't want to kill them all i like want to use them on the house on the property so then we drive it back over to the furrow and he like balances it there and then hopefully megan will be around with like a, another shovel and i'll kind of hold it straight and she'll just bury it real quick bury the root of it Mm. and you pour water on it put a little bit of fertilizer in it and just leave it hopefully it doesn't die so there's just a row of like barrel cactus outside in the desert you know right in front of my parents house and we can't touch the saguaros at all so you got to figure out how to work around them oh because they're protected because of the there's a pygmy owl or something in the saguaro so if no you need shit. to cut it down to build you have to like get a permit but luckily we've got two saguaros near the property but not where we're actually placing the cement pad got it. so so it's stuff like that. So working on the lot is actually doing all the grading work and doing all the clearing, all the vegetation. You know, a creosote mm. tree, when you pull it out by the roots, smells like sewer. No, it's that's horrible. disgusting. Yeah, it is. But when it rains, they smell like the best thing in the world. Like it's, it's so fucking weird. What is this tree called? Creosote. C -R creosote. Yeah, C-R-E-O-S-O-T-E. <laughs> They're like a little bush shrub thing. Mm. But when it rains, they open up and they smell like really like this deep wood smell but then when you take a backhoe and pull them out by the roots they smell like garbage <sighs> such is life this is fucking um, things i'm learning right and i like, know what are you coming back to tattoo it and i'm like i don't know man like i'm busy i'm out here trying not to get fucking snake bit like it's the 1820s jesus fucking christ <laughs> it's <laughs> well um all right man. i wish you well man Thanks, and i, I know that, that you know, as we move forward in all of, uh, all of everything, um, I'm we'll, hoping, we'll I think out, this, dude. this winter, I want to come for a visit. I think it would be I'm a good down. time. Like, yeah, hopefully everything will be up and rolling, show up like around November or something. Okay. Be killing it, dude. November, we showed up in December and November will still be nice and warm. It won't be quite as cold yet. I mean, I, I got a tent. Runs. I can bring my tent too, you know? I yeah. Mean, I mean, if you wanted, I wouldn't sleep out there in a tent, but you can though. <laughs> Is I wouldn't want critters. To. There's tons of critters, dude. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>